honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. So welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. Welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. I'm Izzy. Let's get rolling. Welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. My name is Izzy. I'm your host today. Uh, today I have on a really dope individual. His name's Mike. He's from Fitness. And I am not going to give too much of a background as to what he does or anything like that because Mike's a super well-spoken individual that's extremely passionate about his product. And I'm going to give him the floor. So Mike, I appreciate you jumping on today. Nah, man. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you actually even asking. I mean, We've had great conversations already, you know, even before the podcast. So I'm excited to, you know, record it and talk about what we're building, what we're doing here at Fitness. And, you know, just a story like how you even got here and how how I'm even on the podcast as well. Like, this is crazy. So I'm excited, man. Yeah, let's do it, man. So do you want to give an intro as to who you are, what you do and why you do it? Yeah, for sure. So I'm essentially Michael Garrick, born and raised in the Bay Area. Um Played soccer all my life. I'm a big soccer fan, um, Liverpool fan, just for anybody else that's out there, um, you know, <laughs> reds or die. Uh, but yeah, so my partner and I, we started fitness um, about a couple years, like two years ago. So my partner is Marcus Harrison. We actually went to high school with each other. Um, so we've known each other for about like 15 years. He ran track um, in college. I played soccer in college, also overseas in Germany and England. Um, so we just kind of like, we're both moving back home at the same time and you know had this had this like voila moment of building finesse um but i mean simply that's the story i'm not sure if you want me to go all the way in detail if you have questions um as we progress but that's just simply the story and you know like for me this is finesse is just something it's like it's like kind of like my baby in a sense or our baby in a sense to where um you know went through the hard work of really trying to just get it to where it is now and we've seen it grow over the past couple of years and now we're starting to see it like really blossom and so you know the fruits of our labor are finally like you know coming uh coming to fruition in a sense that's the best way i can put it as of now that's super dope man i think what's really cool about you um and you hit on it a little bit you're a soccer fan but you a little humble i'm gonna give yourself a humble brag because uh, you play D1, you play D1 soccer, man. Like that's, that's a dream for so many. Like, how was that experience? Um, incredible, man. Uh, it was incredible. I mean, I felt like I played at UC Davis and also played at Virginia Tech. Um, so playing at, being able to play at two different colleges, being able to, you know, be a, um, be an athlete and a student athlete, it, it it's incredible. I mean, there are a lot of things that like, to be grateful about and actually like being able to play that sport, um, being able to travel to different places, you know, make new friends, teammates and things like that. So it, it, it was a hard, it's definitely hard work. Not going to lie. Them five o'clock in the morning runs um, are no joke, but it's something I would, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't trade that in that experience in for anything. 
I, I feel you, man. I I mentioned on the podcast a ton, but I uh, played or I ran track in college, and it was the worst experience of my life because <laughs> I am not a, I'm not a runner at all. Like to this day, I, I don't run like I used to. But like I I actually did track to throw javelin, which was dope. Mm. But like they made all the throwers still run, and I was like getting killed all the time. So from I, I know it from my perspective for but for anybody that's listening what's what's the balance like between being a student athlete especially in D1 like I I yeah. was in NAIA so I knew how hard it was for my circumstance but how what did that balance look like for you Yeah so I mean that balance is basically everything I mean I would I, I it's funny I was just talking about this the other day so it was 51% school 49% um soccer so when I when I put it that way, it's like you need to make sure that you can pass all your classes uh, to ensure that you can still play and be eligible, um, you know, for your matches and whatnot. Um, but then the other like forty nine percent, it's like your schedule is built around your your soccer schedule. Everything is built around that because at the end of the day, they're paying for your schooling. So you need to make sure you're on time for practices, you're passing your classes, um, you know, you're you're doing everything in the treatment room, weightlifting, all that. So it comes with a lot of uh, responsibilities. But, you know, once you kind of find your groove, it becomes easy. It's like that regimented schedule to where um, I think that is actually part of the reason why we actually went ahead and built fitness because of that regimented schedule. So walking into the weight room, you already have a, you already have a uh, list of workouts or exercises that you're going to do. Your workout is already set. And, you know, after college, we actually noticed that, yo, we go into the gym like, damn, what the hell am I going to do today? And so as we kept doing that, there was really nothing out there that was had that athletic style workout um, to where I didn't have to keep like trying to write things up or keep thinking of like, damn, what am I going to do? Or maybe looking at YouTube or Instagram or whatever. It was like, we need to build something out there for those people that want to train like athletes, that want to be able to get to the gym or even at home and have that regimented schedule to where it's like at six o'clock this morning or seven o'clock at night, this is what I'm going to do. Finesse gave me that that uh, hard ass workout, but I loved it. I'm getting in shape day by day. So that's funny. Uh, that regimented schedule in college actually kind of pushed us to start building finesse. That's interesting. It's crazy how like real life experiences come to inspire you way down the line like you can think you hate it now but (laughs) when it comes time like right now i'm trying to get back into it and it's like i i go into the weight room and i try to do track workouts and um, (laughs) izzy right now is not doing track workouts so um it's it's an interesting situation that you put yourself in yeah for sure man for sure but that you know it's just like your body's not used to it, but, you know, with time, with consistency, you'll definitely get there. So you're, you're probably going to be looking better than 18-year-old Izzy in a second, you know, the, the more time you I'm put trying, in. So. hopefully, man. <laughs> yeah, that's not a problem, man. Consistency. <laughs> I preach consistency. Like, if anybody follows me on Twitter or whatever, I, t- I like, I say consistency all the time. Like, that is my go-to. Um, because if you're not consistent, whatever you want to do, you're not going to make it. So if you want to get in shape, if you want to make more money, if you want to shoot, even be like a better husband, boyfriend, whatever, just be consistent. And, you know, regardless, you're going to be able to see like better results. So I preach consistency. Um, like I'm at the altar, like, like pastor, like a pastor, bro. Um, so I, I love I, in, in regards here, your 
your fitness journey, go ahead. Consistency is the only way. I love that. I love that, man. So speaking of consistency, like looking at just looking at your LinkedIn profile, you've been consistently growing since you graduated and everything that you've done has, whether it's a, a role or volunteer work or anything like that, it looks like it's really just um, brought you to the next level. So do you want to talk about that journey since graduating college, getting that degree and trying to figure out what, what life was had in store for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say my LinkedIn is a little sporadic. Um, the reason why I say that is just for the fact of like, as soon as I got my degree, my whole thing was I still want to play. Uh, I still want to play soccer. So two months after I graduated, I went straight to England and was playing was playing semi pro soccer there. Played for Chertsey Town FC, played for Brixton FC, um, and it was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had. Um, being being someone who is like who has parents from different countries. So my dad is from Trinidad and Tobago. My mom is from Nigeria. At the age of 23 or 22 when I left, I actually never been out the country. So that was the first time going out the country and just like really being able to, you know, be on my own in a sense. So that was like that was a great experience that has helped me and shaped me in so many different ways. Um, upon coming back from there, I ended up working with like Milwaukee TTI. Um, so I'm not sure if you guys know the tool brand Milwaukee. Uh, Izzy, you're from Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, that's crazy. Um, so, you know, I work for Milwaukee and I'm working in Home Depot. Um, so basically, I'm, I go to the same Home Depot every day and I'm selling power tools. And I would say that that experience helped me be able to just speak to anybody and not even worry about being turned down. So it's just like, all right, I got to sell this. I got to know everything about that. I got to make a contractor who maybe likes to buy. DeWalt, Makita, or something, being able to say that, hey, I just got all my tools, my all my tools stolen, and I want to go ahead and switch my brand. Should I should I come to Milwaukee? And I'm going to give them every reason why they should, and be able to help them and get them the right tools to do so. So that was like that helped me be comfortable with you know saying like people saying no to me, people like you know f off or whatever the case the case may be. So that definitely helped out. And then I actually quit that job because I had another opportunity to go play. And I went, I went ahead to Germany, and I played in Germany. Um, had a few teams that were very interested, just didn't pan out like how I thought it was going to be, and then ended up moving back. Um, upon moving back, Marcus was actually here, my co-founder. That's when we started working out with each other, and then got a job with Tesla. Um, when I was working at Tesla, I was working in sales, so I wasn't at technically like a, um, a dealership in a sense. I was like doing phone sales. So Tesla considers itself, as we all do, a technology company. So working at Tesla, I'm over here calling folks, helping um, new new and uh, new customers and also like existing companies get back into um, a Tesla or get into a Tesla. So I'm calling them like, hey, let's go ahead and um, let's go ahead and place that order over the phone. So people are buying $100,000 cars over the phone uh, with someone they'd never met. And that that allowed me to be able to like articulate let people know exactly what they're getting, how they're getting, how they're getting it, and being able to like sell these vehicles um, over the phone. So I did that for about like two years, and then I just one day I was talking to my wife, and like actually two months after I got married, I was like, you know what? I think I think I need to quit. Um, I, I think I really believe in this finesse thing, and I want to make it happen. So I feel like all those experiences have actually taught me so many things, and. 
I, I would say it's like the perfect storm, which allowed me to be able to, you know, quit my job and then start building finesse. And over these past years, it's been amazing to see like how far we've come. Were you doing finesse when you were with Tesla? Was that like a side hustle or is that something that you just said, I'm quitting and jumping into it? Nah, nah. So it was it was definitely a side hustle. Um, <laughs> Marcus and I, we used to like do some crazy, crazy stuff. I don't want to curse, but we used to do some <laughs> crazy stuff uh, to where like as soon as I got off of work and as soon as Marcus got off of work, we probably work out with each other and then. A, we were drinking like big brews back then so we used to try like a different uh different beer a week take a yeah. beer to like his house and we would just work from like maybe seven o'clock to like one o'clock in the morning and then i'll i'll go home or maybe i'll stay at the night at his house and we just did that for like i would say about six months to a year um to where we would work we would see each other almost every single day and just like work on that work on like the idea of finesse and like really trying to like push things forward so during my time at tesla i will say my second year at tesla um that's when we really started like pushing forward with finesse and really kind of getting getting it from the idea stage to actually it being something damn you were grinding man (laughs) <laughs> yeah man straight up the grind right there <laughs> yeah i mean that's what we call it man we like even for finesse our tagline is built to grind so i mean we, we all are and i think like you know the the work that we're going to put in is definitely going to show so i mean like for us man we really just live by the grind or die by the grind and we just put in the work to make sure that we can get to where we need to be so i mean for marcus and i it was just like a thing to where we believed in it so much that it's like we 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 were willing just to like get no sleep, willing to just put in as much time as we could, as we can, even with our jobs to be able to sustain ourselves still, but say that, hey, I think that if we get to this level or if we get here, we can actually quit our jobs or we can actually, you know, really push this thing forward. So I would say that we've been lucky a lot as well. Um, meeting the right people. COVID also helped us out being able to pivot. But I think that if you're putting in the work, regardless, like I go back to consistency again, if you're consistently putting in the work, whatever happens, you'll be ready for it. And I think that for us, like that's always been like, that's always, that's always held true. Damn. So you're, you quit your job at Tesla. Did Marcus quit or was he full time already? No, nah, no. Nah. So Marcus, funny thing, Marcus just quit uh, two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Marcus quit two two weeks ago. So um you know when i quit you know marcus was always talking about like hey i'm going to quit too i'm going to quit too but marcus has a bit more responsibility than me um when i say that it's more so like he has properties and things like that um that he needs to make sure that he can pay for on a monthly basis and and whatnot so i used to always tell him like hey bro you don't need to quit i'm going to keep pushing the uh, company forward so i was like it's all good but you know marcus was still putting the work like after he got off of work you know, we would still meet sometimes, like, after, um, you know, especially yeah. before COVID. Like, we were still, like, every day uh, talking to each other. We talk every day. I talk to Marcus more than I talk to my wife. So um, it's just, like, we're putting in all this work still. And Marcus, uh, once we finished our, closed our funding, um, our angel round, he was actually able to just say, like, yo, put in my two weeks and um, I'm going to quit. So it, it, it was the right time for him to quit and everything, like, panned out perfectly. That's awesome, man. That's that's amazing to hear. So, you quit your job. Mm-hmm. You jump into something that you didn't know what was going to go on, but you believed in it. Was it something that was 
widely adopted. Take me through that first those f- first few months. Like how, what was going through your head, and what were you working on? Huh. So, I would say that the best way to put it is that we had this idea, but I think that we just needed more time, or we need to put more time into it to make that idea like an actual thing. So for me, when I was quitting, one thing that I'm not sure if everybody knows, um, or if you know, that like Marcus and I are all like self-taught. So we're first-time founders, of course. Um, self-taught designer. Um, so I learned like UX, uh, UI design. Uh, Marcus is uh, doing all the development in our app. He learned that as well on his own. <clears throat> so I would say that we both graduated from like YouTube University uh, University, and like Udemy. Like we did as much as we could, uh, could to learn and then just continue iterated. So for us, it was just like, I think that we need to take a step. And like for me, I was like, I need to take a step of uh, or leap of faith and say that if I put in the work now, uh, we can get it to where we want to be. So that's when we I quit in November. And then by February is when we launched our first subscription plan. Um, so what we ended up launching was a PDF. So basically, you'll get a PDF with 16 workouts that would be uh, delivered directly to your email. Um, they would have videos um, as well with the uh, with <clears throat> with every um, exercise. So you can click on it. Um, you can download it to your iBooks. Click on the um, the name of the exercise, and then you'll be able to see the, um, the the exercise or the video of the exercise. So Marcus and I basically put together 12 months of programming, shot every exercise, and then bundled it up in a PDF um, using Sketch and some other um, uh, some other software to be able to deliver it to folks. So like Mailchimp and things like that. And like three months after me quitting, since I was able to put in more time into it, that's when we really started to like take off and see that. So the first month, I think we had about like 10 subscribers um, paying us around $15 a month. And then by month three, we had about like 40 something subscribers. Damn. Um, so it was just like, damn, this shit works. Like, it, excuse me, this stuff works. Um, <laughs> and we were just like, damn, I think we can actually do something with this. So we weren't even really trying to push it. We just wanted to get feedback. That was the biggest thing for us. We wanted to see, like, are people actually going to do these workouts? Do people actually like these workouts? Are these workouts getting people in check? And then, you know, I'm telling folks about it and whatnot, just kind of word of mouth. One of my homeboys is just saying, who I met at Tesla, he was like, man, I need to get in shape. And he ended up doing it. And within three months, he lost 17 pounds. And then I was like, oh, shit shit i'm just gonna curse forget forget it um just like oh shit like really he's like yeah man i lost i lost 17 pounds just off of your program and i just started eating a little better but it's like i'm getting muscle i enjoy working out it's like i actually like crave working out working out now and you know being able to see that and people actually getting shape that's what really like turned us on and said that yo we looked at each other like we got something we really got something and we just we just gotta keep we just gotta keep going that's that's amazing, man. Like, what was going through your your head when your your buddy goes, "Yo, I lost seventeen pounds." Like this this works. Like this is something that should be out there. Um, for me, it was, you know, you start a company. I think we all start companies for like different reasons, but for us, we we start we we started finesse because you just wanted to make like some sort of impact, um, and that that has not changed for us. 
Um, we always want to make it give an impact and give people the opportunity to actually be able to stay in shape without having to break their pockets. So we're basically giving all these tremendous workouts for $10 a month, you know, $15 a month at that time. Um, and like seeing him say that, hey, I've worked with trainers. I've done this. I've tried all these fad diets and it hasn't worked. And he's like, and the, t- the style of workouts that you guys are giving me are actually pushing me to want to like jump higher, run faster, you know, lift more has really like really resonated with him. And I think that like for us, we started seeing that for those individuals that want to push themselves and really want to see like the best version of themselves, this is finesse is for them. Um, and that's always been like, you know, for Marcus and myself, we said, yo, we're not going to have any dad bods by the time we're 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old. Like we live this. This is our lifestyle. And I think that finesse is more than just fitness for us. It's like a lifestyle. Uh, that we live by, you know, we, we, we want to challenge ourselves. We want to be better every day in some way, shape or form, um, which is why, like, I don't, I don't mind like working. out. I enjoy working out. It's like my it's like where, where I'm able to like kind of just have like I'm at peace um, in a sense. You know, I'm pushing myself I'm like, damn, I did more than I did last week or something like that. But so seeing him being able to like it's like texting me with in all caps and like being super happy. I know that I was able to give him the opportunity to push himself and push himself and then also become a better person. Um, the person that he wants to be in a sense. That's nuts. And I, for anybody listening, the craziest part part about what Mike just said is that he was like, the mission of the company is built to grind and they are Mike and Marcus are the ones going back and shooting these these trainings because you are a certified personal trainer, correct? Correct, correct. Yeah, Bar- so both Marcus you, and myself. You're going out. You're not only teaching yourself yourself UI UX, but you're going out and showing these people, hey, I this is how you do the this is how you do the workout and everything like that. And when we talk about investment, that's something that. Uh, a lot of VCs or angel investors, whatever they want to call themselves, it's something that they love to see. It's you're you're fully invested in in your product. So let's talk about that a little bit. You just raised some money. What 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 was the process? Was it did it go exactly as planned? Um, obviously, COVID had an impact on that. Or what was what was that like for you? I mean. The thing with like before I even go on, I would also I also got to shout out Nina. Um, so Nina Delgado is actually um, another team member of ours. We brought her on. I would say um, a year and a year ago or so, um, and she's been a year and actually a year and like six months. She's actually been helping us push the brand a lot as well. She's a certified trainer, um, and she's been she's been incredible. And I think that was one thing for us is like. You know, Marcus and I, we can build these plans, but we also want to make sure that we have the female side of things um, done the right way. You know, men and when men and women are both different. Um, so when it comes down to that, we want to make sure that we're catering um, to women as well. So Nina has been able like to like definitely shift our mindset uh, when it comes to women and really like build the best plans for women as well. So I want to give Nina a shout out because I know that we wouldn't be here. Um, in this in this space or in this place without her. So I also want to give her a shout out. Um, but in regards to investment, 
Um, <laughs> it definitely didn't. Nothing went as planned. Like nothing at all. Uh, I I mean that's that's the best way to put it. Nothing went as planned. I mean, let's say we after after we like really validated that we had a uh like our subscription worked that our plans worked. Uh, we we were like, all right, let's let's start building just the kind of like the bare minimum, the MVP, and let's start pitching. So we actually started pitching in February of this year, February 2020. Set up a lot of meetings and things like that. Had a few meetings. Had some people like are very interested. I think I want to commit 25k or whatever that may be. So we're like, all right, cool, man. We're going we're going well. And then Rudy Gobert. Um, gets COVID, <laughs> <laughs> and as and the reason why I say Rudy Gobert, like granted, there was other people that uh, got COVID around the world uh, before Rudy Gobert, but he literally, like, I feel like stopped the United States, stopped the NBA, stopped everything. Um, yeah. So if there's a defensive player of the year, it's definitely Rudy Gobert because he definitely lost us a good amount of money. But at the yeah. end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, he actually, I would say that he helped us because. He he made us take a look at our business and then say, like, what is working for you guys and what is a great way for you to pivot? And I can go through that whole pivot story, which is mad, which is crazy. Um, but in regards to rate, in regards to raising, we ended up just taking a break and we just took we just pivoted. We said, all right, we can't do the gym workouts anymore. Our gym workouts aren't going to work. Gyms are closing. So how are we going to be able to level up what we're doing? We went ahead and said, like, you know what? Let's go. Let's release a athletic bodyweight workout. We we released the athletic bodyweight workout program. It was a one month program which we gave out for free. We released that the same day that the shelter in place in New York and in um, the Bay Area. We had five thousand downloads in like two weeks, Damn. and so we're like, holy shit! Like this is working. And the thing about it is, like, the reason why we gave it for free, we just wanted to kind of get that brand out there. Like, hey, like, hey, we're with you. Um, you don't have to pay for it. We're going to give you this fire ass workout. You don't need any equipment. Go ahead, download it, and you're good to go. So we got all these emails from all these folks and people just raving. We love the workout. Thank you so much. Like we have, we had like advertising firms um, reaching out to us. Like, hey, we found your uh, program. We're going to send it out to our uh, 200, 300 employees. Then he has somebody else. We're going to send it out to like our 3,000 employees. Granted, we don't have all those numbers to say that. It probably was shared more than 5,000 downloads um, because it was a PDF, which you can just send via email. But we were able to like, like pivot and say, like, all right, great. But then for us, and that's the thing, like Marcus and I, we're, we're just like never satisfied. And I think that is um, it's a blessing in a sense because we said, what's next? Mm-hmm. And then once we started to really figure out like what's next, we're like resistance bands. And I can't take credit for it, um, for all of it. I would also say our mentor. Uh, Renato, he's like been helping us for the past like two, three years. And he said, I think you should look into it. So I said, like, all right, cool. Let, let's look into it. I ended up ordering 50 resistance bands. Um, Marcus and I and Nina we went ahead and just shot like a quick program um, over the weekend. We got the resistance bands and from China and branded them. Next thing you know, we sold out within two days. I said, oh, snap. All right, cool. Let's 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 try this again. Let's get 100 this time. So we got 100 sold out within 23 hours. We're like, oh, shit. Like, I think we're on to something. You know, I think we're on to something. And then right now we sold over 700 resistance bands um, and and over like 400 programs um, to where it, it, it allowed us to kind of move things forward, move things forward. And that helped us like gain momentum 
from us like moving from like the gym the gym workouts we started moving from like gym workouts to the at-home space to resistance bands and showing people that they can get as good of a workout without the without the weights and without the gym at home so we had people just thank you finesse we had baron davis uh buy buy like a couple resistance bands we had um these fitness influencers influencers buying resistance bands from us and like you know sharing it and it was just going crazy and crazy and that momentum allowed us to actually raise and that that momentum moved us to get like um recognition from all these different angel investors or these um you know different even firms as well just saying like damn you guys are really like killing it during covid you guys are doing you guys are really doing your thing like how like can can we have a meeting can we take a meeting and all this time you know i'm over here fighting trying to get meetings like Hey, you guys want to meet with me? Hey, you guys want to meet with me? And too early, too early, too early, too early. The next thing you know, it's just that people are reaching out to uh, to meet with me and wanting to give give me their money uh, without it feeling like I'm like pulling teeth in a sense. Damn, that's nuts. So you've had you've had like success with it, but historically, black and brown entrepreneurs it take it takes. 10 times it's 10 times harder for for us to raise any type of capital in any type of startup that we're 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 starting so do you think you think there were some walls put up when you first started looking because you were black um i think there's still walls put up yep. i think that the amount i raised is measly Compared to the um, compared to the m- amount that I know that white founders have, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying like that's one thing about me. I don't give excuses about anything. Um, I work with what I got. So you know, with the investors that work with us, I call them our dream team, and I appreciate them, you know, very much for even believing in us. Um, what I say that you know, some of my meetings may have come off the fact that. Everybody may want to seem like they're down with the black folks now or down with uh, people of color now, just for the fact of, you know, George Floyd and uh, Breonna Taylor, you know, and things like that. Possibly, for sure. Um, And I think this is and like not to even say that this is a great time to make money off of somebody else's death because those families are hurting. But I'm saying that this is a great time for like black founders and black people in general to really like use this time to really push their companies forward, push themselves forward. So it's like that was one thing that it was like I was able to ride the momentum of the Black Lives Matter movement. And then also like my company just doing numbers during that time. Um, and I was lucky enough to kind of meet and be able to link with the right folks. I mean, granted, with the amount of meetings I had, which is probably over 80 to 90 folks, tell me that, you know, seven of them uh, committed to me. Uh, when I I look at some like there's one guy it's funny one guy that really irks me and he invests I'm not gonna name his I'm not gonna name it but he invests in companies that don't even have a product. Um, we had a great conversation everything like that I felt like it was a great conversation he has this, he has a firm and then he said hey Mike you know he emailed me like the maybe like three days after our meeting he said hey Mike I really like what you guys are doing and everything like that but for me. I just need to see that there's more product out there. I need to see like I need to see more development. But literally five of the six companies that he invested in, which do have big competition, 
uh, did not have a product or did not even have anything more of an idea. So, you know, I, you see that a lot uh, when it comes to like the black founders. You, you see you see that a lot of these people that want to meet with you want to be your mentor instead of opening their pockets. And I'm not going to say that like, that's a bad thing, but I just I just don't think that we get the same belief or get the same opportunities as as, you know, our white counterparts. I feel that I it's something that honestly, like. Here's a question, what what would you change tomorrow if if somebody said gives you access to every opportunity what would you change to make sure that the next mike that's raising capital doesn't have to do, deal with it deal with what you've had to deal with what would i change i think that's that's a tough question because i think that is like uh like a three four prong question in a sense yeah. um but what would i like and okay can you clarify that just a little bit more for me yeah no like what it's tough it was just a question that popped up i think the, the biggest thing it, it's it's an interesting question because i feel like everybody especially if you're black or brown and you're starting something and raising capital there's a ton of different things that you would change mm-hmm. but like what's one thing here's a better way to put it what's one thing that you would change about your uh, whether mm. it's the meetings that you took. Mm, got you, got you, got you. Yeah, like, I can't finish that question. but I think No, I no, I think that makes it. sense. I think that makes <laughs> sense. Um, so it's a few things that would change. I would say, like, maybe, like, two or three things. One thing is that even even with all the success with that we've had with Finesse, I would say that we should have built a product sooner. We're, right now, we're about to launch, like, our beta. And... We should have had some type of like app, like it's, even if it's like on a small scale, we should have some type of app like sooner. And the reason why I say this is that investors love numbers. Um, and I'm a numbers person as well. Um, but for us, for Marcus and I, like literally it's just been us two. It's still just us two um, as of right now. So everything you see from our Instagram, um, it's been Marcus and myself and then Nina um has been in place but in regards to like the heavy lifting marcus and i've been doing most of that so but there's one thing that if we could have done i would have definitely like gone ahead and like really try to launch something a bit sooner um in regards to like investors and things like that that i've met um it's easy to like to get excited about like being able to meet with an investor and you think that every investor can possibly invest in you which is not true. Um, and the reason why I say that, because it just really depends on what stage your company is at. You need to really like, and in the beginning, I wasn't doing this, but you really need to look and see like, what sector do they usually invest in? Um, what stage do they usually invest in? Me and me meeting with a, a firm that invests in Series B is a waste of my time and a waste of their time. Granted, maybe I'm, I'm getting my like pitches off to where I'm getting all like the bad pitches out the way. But it's not it's not necessarily helping us, you know, push the company forward. So that's one thing. It's just like being able to really like when you when you're putting together that investor list, um, you want to make sure that you're reaching out to people that um, that can definitely invest in you. That will definitely invest in you. Not saying that they are going to, um, but you have like the likelihood of it happening is much larger than you reaching out to somebody who invests in companies that are making 10 million dollars a year mm-hmm. where 
you know, we're not we're not even close to that at this time. Hmm. Interesting. So I read something on your website. It's mm-hmm. a bit of a transition, but I read something on your website. It said fitness is not only a workout plan, but an ecosystem of content and services built for the culture. Yes. Those last three words hit me. Or last four words, built for the culture. What do you mean by that? What does what does building something for the culture mean to you? It means that it's a it's a community to where people like me, people like you, will feel comfortable. Um, when you when you when you start looking at like a lot of these large fitness brands, and I even put Nike in there, um, Nike, Peloton, Tonal, um, Bowflex, all these all these companies, you know, they they've they've been around for for some time or they're huge at this time, and I feel like it's always been like black people or black people or people of color are an afterthought. Um, and when I say, when I say an afterthought, it's more so like, Hey, you know, these Peloton classes are great. They're techno, they're this and that. They're like, Oh snap, let's get, let's get like one, one or two black instructors and play some hip hop, you know, for, for some of the black people that, you know, on our platform, Mm -hmm. um, or Nike granted Nike is a lot different now than it was, let's say like, you know, 40 years ago. Um, but it was, it was really built for runners. They started seeing that black culture love, like, you know, Nike, Jordan, things like that. And then now they kind of moved into black culture, but still, you know, more so an afterthought. Um, same thing with Tono and all these other companies. So for us, when we say built for the culture, like we're an authentic brand that like is black, is is for the people of people of color. But that's at the forefront. That's not a, it's not an afterthought. You know, I'm a black founder. I'm not going to sit here and say that. Oh, no, we're we're just we're just going to tone things down a little bit so that everybody likes us. It's like, no, everybody likes rap. Right. Afrobeats, mm-hmm. soca, um, you know, all, all this type of music that is out there. They consume it um, so much. So, like, for us, it's like, we're going to put this at the forefront. Like, we're black founders. We're a black company. Um, and we're building something for our culture, but which can't be consumed by anyone. So, when we say build for the culture, we're building that authentic, authentic black vibe, um, you know, within our application um, from day one. And it's not something that you know, we're going to sit here and try to hide hide from or anything like that. I love that. You're leading with intentionality at the end of the day. Like I think there's you're you're giving generations of future entrepreneurs someone to look up to and that's that's super, super dope. Um, appreciate it. I I think speaking of the generations of future entrepreneurs, if you if you're looking at tools you have today Mm-hmm. at your disposal what do you wish that you had when you were just getting started that you didn't have at all <laughs> network 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 um and i don't think regardless of who you are network is hard to build I, i'm i take that back um i actually take that back 100 percent. that is not true um but network um, i think like for marcus and i it was we got lucky um, in all honesty, to like even start building our network, which has been, which has helped us like tremendously. So, being started the startup world is much different. Like I'm, I'm in, I was in tech, I was technically in tech at Tesla, and Marcus, you know, he was in tech at Box. Um, but building that like real startup network with folks that you know have been through this is probably the most difficult thing, 
and people that know about this space because this space is a whole different is a whole different space. And Twitter, I would say that if you don't use the best app in the world, best social media app in the world, it's Twitter. Twitter is probably the most powerful thing that you can use if you're starting anything. Um, the interactions that you can have with folks, um, just being able to slide into anybody's DMs, basically. Or even just respond back to them. You can't do that on Instagram. LinkedIn is just a little, I feel like it's just a little old in a sense. It's like kind of like Facebook. It's like, ah, oh, I use it when I need to. Um, but Twitter yeah. is definitely like it. I've learned so much through Twitter off of different threads and things like that. And I think that if I was, I used to be big on Twitter when I was um, in college and I deleted it. And then I just kind of got it back not too long ago. But Twitter has actually been one of the biggest um, teachers when it comes down to things. Um, and, and it has allowed me to, to grow our network because <clears throat> like every oh, I would say out of the seven investors that we have, we have a few family friends and family that also invested. But the seven like, quote unquote, angel investors, I met all of them through Twitter. Damn. So people that people that gave me twenty five thousand dollars, I met them through Twitter and they committed after our first meeting. So and that was just from a DM or somebody retweeted retweeted something that I that I posted. So, you know, building like the network is the most important, but there are ways that you can kind of get past that if you do it correctly. And I think Twitter is probably one of the best ways to do so. Hmm. So you said that you and Marcus got lucky, and that's something that um, I used to say a lot with my company, and I, I hear entrepreneurs say it a lot, and. Um, there's some pushback on the word lucky because they say in order to get lucky, you have to work hard. Correct. Do you, do you think there's a, it's a weird question to ask, but do you think there's a sense of like, can you just get lucky without the work or do you think you need to have hard work to get lucky? No, no, no. I mean, I, I believe like, so I want to find it right now, but I know that I'm talking and kind of, you know, going back and forth with you. But I do not. I do think that there's no like there's no such thing as luck if you're not putting in the hard work. Granted, you can walk down the street and, you know, find a hundred a hundred dollars. And that is just like pure luck. Um, but if if you really want to be able to, like, have a startup and move things forward. Like it's, 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 it's our thing built to grind. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta like go ahead with the grind. You gotta push forward in some way, shape or form. And then as, as you're being consistent, as you're pushing forward, as you're grinding, there are certain things that are going to happen. But a lot of those things may not have happened if you weren't putting in the work. So like one thing that I live by, um, <clears throat> is I found it is pray as if everything depended on God, but act as if everything depended on you. So mm. like for me, it's like I always act as, as if everything depended on me and then have faith in the moment to ensure, um, like not even to ensure, I have faith in the moment as well, but I put in as much work as possible. And then if other things happen on top of that, that is because I'm putting in that hard work, if that makes sense. So like for me, it's just always been like, I, I, I do as much as I can and all the other things that may come about, like come about from that, um, which if it's luck, if it's God, if it's faith, whatever that is, those things would not have happened if I did not put in that work. Damn. I just wrote down that quote. I love that. That's super, I, perfectly answered. Um, Thanks, man. So 
We got a few more minutes left in the episode. What? What's in your future? What's it, personally? What's in your future? And then answer that in the finesse um, realm as well. What's in the future for the company? But first, personally. For me, for me, future for me. Um, I don't know, man. My head, my honestly, my head is just down. Um, I just wrote an investor email, um, like update email today, and I just told him like I I, I try to do them every month. Um, but our head's been down for the past six weeks, and we're just really pushing things forward to get our beta out there. Um, we have our dumbbells that are, should be coming out soon as well. So it's like we had we just got an office space today. Um, so it, it's everything. Like for me, my future is like tied with finesse. Me and Marcus, Mark, Marcus and I are like we're like in a and basically married because you know we were with each other every day, just like grinding and working. So you know, for me, like my future is tied with finesse. Is tied with Marcus, and we're just like pushing things forward so i i mean i my, i don't know i don't have anything in regards to just my own future but for finesse like you know we just we just want to be able to kind of get people um get people the opportunity to like work out like athletes you know kind of like bring accessibility to the to the fitness space in the sense to where it's like you're getting great equipment high quality equipment without the high quality prices so we're just trying to kind of just pair all these things together and to help our communities get in shape um live healthier lifestyles you know learn the things that they can do to live longer lives as well love that so i'm gonna i'm gonna leave the the audience with your answer to this question Mm -hmm. so when it's all said and done what impact do you want to leave on the world hmm I would say that for me, it's, I just want people to be, I just want to like inspire folks in some way, shape or form just to kind of like push themselves to be better. Um, and it doesn't have to be through fitness at all. Um, I, I want people to see like, you know, if they ever talk about me, like, damn, that, hey, that dude, Mike, like, he, 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 he always put in the work. Like he didn't, he didn't get to where he, he got just for the fact of like, he had a handout. Like he made a way out of no way. And so, like, for me, I just want to be able to show people that regardless of whatever, like, wherever you've grown up, um, regardless of, like, what your skin color is or what you look like or whatever, you can make something out of yourself. It may not be making millions and millions of dollars, but you put your mind to something, you can make it happen. You want to learn design? They got YouTube. They got YouTube courses for that. You can learn design. They got free. They got Sketch or Sketch is not free. Figma is free. They got all these there's this like the world is so small nowadays that you can learn how to do things and be very good at it and make money and you know build a business be successful or even learn and work for somebody so i mean there's plenty of things that you can do in this world and i just want people to know that like at the end of the day you can be successful as long as you're one want to be consistent and as long as you put in that hard work dude I appreciate you jumping on, Mike. Where last actual last question? Where can people find you? Where can people find find out more about finesse? Yeah, so you can find me Easy Money's E A S Y Easy M O N I E S. That's all my socials. So Instagram and uh, Twitter. Um, that's really all I use as of now. And then t- and then also for finesse, it's Team, just like T E A M Fitness F I T N E S S E. And you can find us both on Instagram, Instagram, and also Twitter as well. So, you know, check us out. Also, finesse.fit. You can go ahead and, you know, get bands, get workouts. We're going to have, like, a lot of, a lot of cool things coming soon. So, we got yoga mats, dumbbells, a whole bunch of cool shit. Like, so, it's going to be exciting. Um, 
So Izzy, I'm definitely gonna have to get you something soon. Um, but yeah, holidays, holidays gonna be crazy um, over here at Team Fitness. So we're we're definitely excited. I'm excited, dude. I, I honestly, I, I think we're gonna have to do a follow up episode after the holidays <laughs> to see where you're at because this is this is extremely exciting. So appreciate you for coming on the Strange on Purpose podcast, Mike. Yeah, thank you, thank you for having me. Hope you guys have a good one as well. And uh, you know, hey, stay blessed and uh, stay consistent, and also wear your damn mask as well, man. <laughs>